once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Good morning, good day, and good afternoon. My name is Wardy Ward, and you're now listening to What's Up, Ward, the podcast. I'm just another black man caught up in the mix trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. I want to remind everybody, hit that like, subscribe, and follow button so you can stay up on the latest episodes of What's Up Aboard. Today, I'm very excited to interview our guest today because she's someone who can help everyone improve basically everything they do. I'm going to let her explain a little bit more about this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sherelle Griffiths to the What's Up Aboard podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yes, I'm glad you're here too as well. Now, people may not know this, but you're not in America. Where are you at? Where are you located right now? I am in the UK and I'm specifically in Nottingham, which is in the middle of the country. Okay, so not is that over there where Harry Potter lives? Is that where that is? No, it's where Robin Hood lives. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's normally if I if I tell an American, that's normally they're like, is that where Robin Hood's from? I'm like, yeah, that's the only thing <laughs> reason people know it. Okay, yeah. So um, the people who are listening on the podcast, they can't see, but she has at least. I'm counting 450,000 books behind her, so she's definitely smart. She reads all those things. So uh, you're definitely a book reader, I see. Yeah, I am a book reader, and I really account where I got to in my life being from making a choice around seven years ago to really invest in my personal development and start reading books. Mm. Is there any particular thing you read or just any book you can get your hands on? No, so I'm very much focused on like personal development, self-improvement. Um, so basically in 2016, I started a non-fiction book club for women, all around those types of books. Um, and I still run it now, so it's called Propelhead's Book Club. It is online. We meet on the first Monday of every month. And so wow. that's seven years of okay. running that. And seven then... years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a lot of books. And then I've been blogging by myself outside of that. So, yeah, I'm definitely nonfiction. I can't remember the last time I picked up a fiction book. Everyone tells me off, but I just like to keep on growing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I definitely respect that. So tell us a little bit about what do you do for what problem do you solve for people in the world? So I am a marketing strategist and a business mentor specifically for solo coaches, consultants and online service providers. So my background had been in marketing. And actually it was through my book club that I started to meet quite a lot of female entrepreneurs who were really smart, had had a job probably in the city because I was living in London at the time. And then they started a business and they were struggling to get the traction, to be able to like make people know them, to get the sales. And I realized that my whole background in marketing made those things seem really obvious and simple to me. And I couldn't understand why people were struggling. But I have a real passion, like through everything I've always done, which is about like fulfilling your potential. And so it really frustrated me to see people who had this drive to want to be their own boss and run a business by themselves, but not see those rewards. So that's why I've like really focused on the solopreneurs. That's where my heart lies. Now, since you did all this uh, self-revelation on your own, did you have a mentor to help you with this? Or was it just the education of yourself? 
No, it's mainly been the education of myself. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would, would you recommend that someone get a, a mentor when they're first starting out? Say, yeah. a novice? I think it all depends on the person. I think the biggest thing um, for some people is about like accountability. And so mm-hmm. some people I think are, like I am, I think I'm very fortunate. I'm definitely in the minority in terms of people that can read things and implement it and action it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as even if like you pay to do courses. My thing is, are you getting that knowledge and then applying it? Or is this sitting on your computer and you're not reopening it? I think you have to be really honest with yourself about how much accountability you need in your life to take action the more accountability you need the more important it is to get external help the Mm -hmm. more you actually are like self-aware and can motivate yourself and inspire yourself and keep making action then you possibly can do it without having a mentor okay well let me ask you this say i want to start in the field i come to you how does it what's the next step what do we do i just reach out to you and say here it is (laughs) yeah so i mean i always say to people like I need to work out where you are. And then my other biggest thing is where you want to be. Like, Mm. I definitely see myself as someone that is helping you to get really clear on your goals. I think nowadays we live in a world where if you spend more than 10 seconds online, 75 people are telling you what you should be and what you should do and what success looks like. So my thing is actually like, try and strip that away. Let's get really clear on the life you want to create. Then make sure you have a business model that is going to support actually creating that life. And then we work out how to get the business from where it is right now to where you want it to be. Hmm. And that's, you can do this with any business. So I specialize in people that are doing a service online. That's my thing. Like, I mean, obviously I could do it for more, but I think the my my real passion is if you are using your knowledge, because obviously I'm a geek. So I like, I like working with smart people where I'm yes. like, you've got knowledge and I can tell like you want to share that and you want to bring that to the world. And how do we get that in a way that actually enables you to live a life and generate money around that passion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's say, what if a person is not motivated or he has poor uh, time management skills? I know I'm guilty of that. I, I try to do a million things in a day and I just, you know, struggle with that time piece of it. So for me, that comes down to like focus. Very often I find that we are all trying to do too much. And this is particularly, you know, the smaller the business, the more of it's an issue to be like, what are your, what is your focus? What are your priorities? And what's really going to make a difference? Actually, very often what I come across is people are spending their time doing all the little itty bits, all the little menial tasks. And there's one thing that's been on that list, which is actually the thing that's going to move them forward that's been on the list for three weeks <laughs> and yeah. it's like it's like actually I can't remember the book as well it's like talks about like eat that frog and it's like you know people always say do the thing first that needs to get done before you get into all the menial tasks work out what is either a needle moving activity what's an income generating activity all that type of stuff and so you know I do do a lot of actual like structure and schedulings with business owners through my like, mentoring program particularly where I'm like let's actually work out what your week needs to look like how are you taking everything that's on a list and bringing it in and also big thing I always say about time management is you need to actually understand how long your regular tasks take you so even for example like if I was with you it's like actually how long does it really take you to edit a podcast and upload it or how long does it take you to organize getting one host like so often we underestimate the amount of time it takes us to do the things we like in our business and then we overestimate the things that are horrible and so actually you can't plan properly for the week because you don't really have an understanding of how long the tasks you do even take you so you're saying i should take 
uh, record myself or time myself. Yeah. And then go back and what try to get a baseline and then say, okay, now this is what I, I try to improve on that at least, or or just not necessarily. It's not necessarily having to improve, but it just means then when you plan for the week ahead, you can plan properly. You can actually have accurate like blocks of time where you can fulfill that task rather than when people don't normally get through everything they want to achieve in a week. I'm like, you set yourself up to fail because you'd put too much on your plate in the first place. Yes, yes. So I guess we have distractors too. I know there's television, there's uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. You just got to, I guess, have the discipline to just push that away I mean I would say social media is probably the hardest thing and I am guilty like I try and practice what I preach but social media probably is the one area where I'm like ah it's hard especially TikTok going on TikTok has been the worst thing that possibly could have happened to my scrolling time it is addictive for sure Mm -hmm. but again I think it's also trying to be honest with yourself like we pretend this is work no you just been sitting there scrolling for half an hour like actually like what is you going on there and doing the posts you need to do and commenting and engaging and possibly doing research and then what's just no now you're just mindly just scrolling and it's not useful for your business and it's not a productive time and i think all of us need to have downtime but it's just actually not pretending that that's work knowing if you're going to sit down and watch tv or you're scrolling through social like this is actual free time and it's not the best way for you to use your free time that's your choice but know what is working what isn't Do you think it'd be good to set time limits to be on like uh, TikTok or Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I, I don't know what's, I guess then it's like, what's a good time? Because like you said, it's so easy to get caught up because there's a million things out there. So uh, yeah, I think you would give me a lot of insight this quick. So I see a lot of stuff. Let me mark that off my list here. Uh, you had mentioned also in one of your posts on Instagram that you were able to triple TikTok viewers in like, that's 24 hours. 24 hours. Huh? Uh, oh, no, oh, that's a lie. I think I doubled it in 24 hours. I might have tripled it in the week. Yeah, so this was when I... Uh, it was back in March. So I started properly in TikTok in January 2022 um, as a marketing strategist that's really proud about being a generalist. So what I say to everyone is, I do not have a favourite social media platform. You will never come to me and I'll be like, you need to do this. My thing is, I look at you, I look at what your ideal client is, and I look at what the business is, and we work out what's the most appropriate to actually use. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that TikTok was becoming increasingly important, and I was like, I can't escape this anymore. If I have a client that honestly I need to say to them, you need to use TikTok, I need to know how to use it. So yes. I started yes. in January. I, I can't remember what my schedule was in the beginning. And then I, but I set my target of like getting to a thousand K by the end of March. And I was nowhere near that at all. And I'm like going on holiday and I literally post this video and I'd even written like, oh, I really hope this is the post, you know, when people wake up the next day and say, oh, look, I gained 500 followers. And that's basically what happened. I like woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, like my phone was just like, like, so many comments, so many likes, so many new followers. And then it actually ended up lasting for a good week. And I think what it, 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 I have got a blog post about it, where I really do articulate exactly like what the video was, why I believe it worked and all those things. But I think in terms of like, if anyone's listening and they're actually on TikTok, the thing about TikTok is normally the videos that you've like put the time in, you've edited, you think it's really clever, you think it's great, you're like, I love it. 
they're normally the ones that don't do that well. And then the ones that, you know, I caught this on the fly and I posted that up. They're the ones that seem to take off. And the thing that is 100% true and that what that experience really showed me is TikTok doesn't care about the number of followers you've got. It is all based on we they post it out to like 200 people in the original first hour or two and depending on how that performs that impacts if they keep on posting keep on posting it out and so it's all about making sure that you've got a video that actually those first 200 people that see it they like they comment and they share if they start doing that your video can truly take off whether you have got one follower or you've got a million so that's how it works it's all about the reposting not necessarily the repost it's just about all the engagement in that first set of people that get pushed out to okay so so if a person is not really uh i don't know camera friendly or versed in that what what can they do to improve i mean because you got to really do the content no but there's lots of people so i have got a bit of a like secret like not fetish but like obsession that's the word in it secret obsession with um people that do budget where they do cash envelopes so you know there's a cash envelope system in personal finance so back in the day people used to get their money when they get i actually see more americans do it than uk actually because everyone does it with their fortnightly envelopes and it confuses me because i don't understand how you get paid on a fortnightly basis so like everyone have their envelopes and they basically like i just got paid and they're like this much is for my rent and this much is for my gas and this much and they put it all in and it used to be like basic normal envelopes but now obviously it's pretty it's gone crazy now so people have these like binders and they're all like designed and they've got all this writing on full of things and then you'll see women that just have like their nails done and so the screen that's like a camera is looking uh, like down onto their table and they're like flicking through all the money and then they're putting it all in the folders and saying this is how much i earn and this is how much is for each part mm-hmm. and they do like amazingly well and then people sell the binders and all that and you never see their face i know they've got really nice nails and good hands that is it so yeah. and there's people that are in that, like i've seen other people they're writing stuff down so there are ways if you are not camera like confident in order to be able to still make short form content and i you know right now i think the future is our attention spans are getting shorter yes. you know literally i was just reading about how like facebook's just rechanged the feed to be more um real heavy we already know instagram has lost the plot and it's all about reels like short form video content is going nowhere so learning how to make it work for you and your business is really important Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are old school so if your target audience well i guess you have to be on different platforms because i know you can put something on tiktok there's something you got to change a little bit for facebook it can be the same thing but i'm thinking it's got to be a little different because the demographic audience may not follow what they're saying yeah and i think like you need to work out where's your main place so actually i create like at the moment i create like 40 no 12 tiktoks a week so i do two monday to friday two one each day on the weekend so 12 tiktoks a week um but then i might only repost one of those onto my instagram my linkedin a week Mm -hmm. i'll choose the one that i think is either the one that I just enjoy creating or the one that I can then put a good caption behind because actually on Instagram and on LinkedIn, people are more likely to read the caption. And mm. like this video had a bigger meaning that actually on TikTok, I wasn't even able to properly express myself because I just had to make a little fun, little 14 second video. Whereas on LinkedIn and on Instagram, I can put the words behind it that I really want to put. So what I always say to people is if you're, when you're doing short form is yes, you want to know the main platform you're making it for 
and then maybe you can do a bit of repurposing. You don't want to repurpose everything, but I think that idea of like taking a video and then adding a more in-depth caption another place really works. Sometimes I see people that are like, they might have been LinkedIn and they only have text, but mm-hmm. then they have to put it Instagram, they have to make a graphic with it or they have to put a video with it. And it's just like switching around. So there's like your message is continuing to come out, but it's not identical on every single platform. Yeah. Now you mentioned LinkedIn. That's, is that new to put uh, information on LinkedIn? I mean, I always thought LinkedIn was for jobs. Am I missing uh, that? Is, <laughs> yeah, you're missing out, mate. Wow. You are missing out. Oh, no. I think uh, LinkedIn is like the secret sleeping social media platform that for so long people thought it was all about jobs. Yeah. But actually, there are plenty of people that are making money as a business owner on LinkedIn. I know people that their entire and I've had clients that their whole strategy has been on LinkedIn particularly if you have a business that is connecting with other businesses because you can find out exactly like you know what people's roles are like you know if they're actually uh, like in a HR director or there's a finance person or they're in a yeah. like you can tell that you can't tell that on like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok like you could have amazing people following you but they've got some crazy handle like Jack729 you have right. no idea what they, but you know on LinkedIn yeah wow that's a good point that's an excellent point man so I guess so what, what how do you kind of target it on LinkedIn I'm fascinated now what do you what do you what, what did, a video or what, what do you put yeah, on there? Yeah, so you can, you can do just normal text posts. You can do carousels in the same way you would on Instagram. You can do video. They do have a live feature, so you can do recorded or you can do live. They've actually just brought out to everyone now. It should be audio. So they like trying to catch up with like the back of Clubhouse and Twitter spaces. So now you can actually do audio only events on LinkedIn. Like it's everything is happening there. They're on it. Mm, okay. And you know the books back in the days you call like a PowerPoint for dummies and this and that. Do they have one of those books? I'm trying to see behind you to see if it's on there. They don't have any of those, do they? That'd be great. Uh, I actually do have a book that's specifically LinkedIn, but um, I think there is, there's an also a lot of people that do, if it's just LinkedIn you want to learn, there are a lot of people that specifically teach it because I, as I said, I think it's the one that naturally people haven't been drawn to to use it. But depending on your business, it can be really powerful. It's been really powerful for a number of my clients as well as myself. And I, I can, it's still one of the platforms where organic reach is real in terms of if I post something and you were following me, there's a chance that your followers that don't know me like would see it. So they're like classed as a second connection. And that organic reach means, again, it's a platform where you can start to be seen by much more people than actually following you. I see, I like that. Um, I know you also you had mentioned about quarterly planning. I know a lot of people, uh, such as myself, have been in corporate for a while. He's like, oh, man, I don't really want to do that again. I mean, that's just painful. But you suggested that we do that? Yeah, so actually, I think in that post, if you saw it on Instagram, I even said how... Uh, small business owners basically roll their eyes at me when I say about doing quarterly planning. Yeah. And it's really funny because I, even though like I have, like I was had a professional career marketing for around 10 years, it was only my last role where quarterly planning was a thing. So that was like a much bigger international company. So whereas the rest of them, the rest of the time, my marketing was always in um, performing arts. So I was predominantly in the West End doing productions. So like the equivalent of Broadway in New York. Okay. Uh, 
quarters isn't a big thing for us because it's all about the year and we have peaks and troughs. So I don't roll my eyes about it. I actually really recommend it in terms of, again, focus. When you try and sit down and plan out your whole year, which I do do with clients, so I have a strategy day that's about planning for the year. I can do it and I love it. Like, I'm like, I will plan a year. Most people are like, oh my gosh. (laughs) It's just too much to chew. It's too much to bite. So I try and say to people like, set your big goals for the year. That's important. But then do either a quarterly, 90 days, 12 weeks, all basically ends up being about the same. Choose your goals, which are aligned and will obviously take you closer to your annual goal, but then make a plan. And so actually I literally was doing this this morning with a client in terms of, I will sit down and be like, what is maybe like the three priorities for this quarter? And then what do you need to be doing? And like actual milestones. So I'm like on week four, it means like this is what I'll be doing. And then by week seven, it's this. And I actually like will put it out in an Excel spreadsheet so I can see week by week what we're meant to be doing, how you're moving forward. And 12 weeks means you can get detailed in the planning. And it also means it's not too long to stay focused. Like trying to keep momentum up for a whole year is long. 12 weeks, and most people can keep that going. Like if you turned around and said, I want to launch something, like I've got a new service, I want to launch that. Like you can sit down and focus and create the curriculum and do the program and get the tech software and get it set up and launch that in 12 weeks. But if I if if I left that for six months, you'd be like, I'm bored now, Shavala. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. I think Elon Musk had actually said, if you give someone six months to do something, they'll take six months to do it. But if you give that yeah. same person three weeks to do it, they'll get it done in three weeks. So I do see exactly. the, the advantages of, of, of planning now. So you, you, you made that succinct. So I can appreciate that as well. Wow, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I see I'm doing a lot of stuff wrong here. Uh, <laughs> What else? You're not doing doing lots of wrong though. You're not doing lots of wrong. It's just actually what I find is, like you said, if you had a corporate career, you sort of like automatically want to do the reverse. Like a lot of people, if they've left a corporate job to be their own boss, then they're like, I want to be free. I want to be free. And therefore you sort of throw out all the structure that you might have learned from a corporate role. And my thing is actually, I believe to actually have more freedom in your life, structuring your business is good because that will keep you being able to work as little as possible, keep it contained, and then have the time to live your life how you want to be living it. Hmm. Okay. I was going to ask you, I just remembered another point you had made about burnout. How do we avoid the burnout? Is it, is it planning? Is that part of it too? Or Yeah, planning is definitely part of it in terms of not taking on more than is realistic so i think for me when i when people really get to a point of burnout one i definitely believe a lot of business owners don't take an holiday um right. i think if you're running a business as a solopreneur particularly you're like i'll take some time off in a few weeks and then obviously your diary gets filled up and i always so when i do my annual planning with people the first thing i ask is when are we going to block out your holidays and i actually make them block it out from the beginning of the year and like block out their calendar so like no one can book in if you've got like a calendar or a few or whatever i'm like tell all your clients do all that stuff straight away so that you are getting proper breaks throughout the year because otherwise if you always think it's going to happen that next month something's always going to drop in your diary that's going to stop it from happening and you're always going to have an excuse not to so that's definitely like from a planning perspective like that thing i think is really important but also i think it's about having a real appreciation of what is actually physically possible for you and really ensuring that 
in a season of work, it is a season. So I'm not one of these people that has a thing against hustle. Like I know online people are like, anti-hustle, anti-hustle. I don't mind hustle, but what you've got to realise is that can only last for a, for a certain period of time. And so I'm like, even if we look at the year and being like, there's certain times of the year where I'm like, I will work. Like in winter, I'm happy to work because I basically say like it's raining. I live in England, it's raining, it is grey, it is horrible. So I'm like, there's certain months where I'm like, I'm happy to work because I will work really hard now. And then I know other times of the year, I like pull back and I relax and that's where I have a bit more fun. And so it's like, I even say like looking up like the year and being just like honest about how it like, what are seasons of work, what are seasons of play and how does that work? So I think it is about really like being in control of your time and just being realistic about what you can achieve rather than just being like I'm trying to do 75 things I'm just going to work every single day until they like happen and Mm -hmm. again another part of it is about like efficiency and effectiveness like actually sometimes it's about simplifying and about not trying to do everything and particularly for me in my role where I like will do marketing with people I think you're trying to do so much that you're not making a dim anywhere and that's why you're going to lead to burnout yeah, you're right. Especially because like you've been a CEO, the social media person and all that. It's almost like you need an intern or something like that. So, wow. So, how long have you been doing this again? How long have you been? So, I have... So I've had my business since 2018 um, and I went full-time in it in 2020. So, it's two years of good fun times. <laughs> so, so, was it kind of overwhelming to you were you how did you know you were ready ah so i would say i never knew i was ready i as i said before i was working in london western productions marketing i loved it i'm definitely not one of these people that has a corporate career background that they hated and people kept on asking me like when i was in my business like you're not going to leave you're not going to give up and i was like i live the dream right now i was like i have a job i really like that gives me good money and a really good actual like social network and experiences and then I get to work with amazing solopreneurs on the side and get to do like go to events and like meet new people and do all this thing. I was like, I'm very happy. But um, obviously theatres, like just like uh, in Broadway, all the West End got shut down. I lost my job. And that was that was then a conscious decision to be like, I said, I basically never would have left theatre, but I was like, the government shut the theatres. So I was like, this is the universe being like, you yeah. would never walk away, but we've shut it now. Like that's not like, like <laughs> this is like your permission slip to be like, it's time to move on to the next chapter. Um, so yeah, so I, I always, I, I like to share it because I think there was definitely some people that see that thing about like taking the leap and people be like really push people and they say like, you've got to give it up now and you've got to move on. I'm like, it's different for everyone. And I think depending on where your life's at, depending on your financial responsibilities and depending on you as a person, like this, I really see it when I take on brand new fresh clients where I say some people, if they have no money, and they have got to make the bills this month, they are gonna sell because they're that type of like driven, mm. boop, 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 boop. what I class yeah. is like that sort of traditional salesperson. Some people, that is the worst thing you could possibly do to them because then they just panic and that puts them into a state of that they can't sell, they can't create, they can't market themselves with like any like energy, enthusiasm, openness, like, cause they're just in a scarcity mindset. Of like, oh my God, I'm not gonna make the bills this month. And I'm like, even that awareness of understanding like what is going to help you to be the best in your business will help you understand when's the best time to take the leap. Yeah. So what was the last uh, piece of content that you created? Oh, um, so I had a, a blog went out this morning. 
So okay. I post the blogs every single Wednesday. So I've had my blog literally since 2018. Yeah. And that's my like backbone of my business in terms of every week, every Wednesday, new blog post. Where, where are you getting that uh, inspiration from from your blog? What, what you, how do you keep it fresh? Uh, so that's quite a fun one because I don't actually believe you have to keep it fresh. And I think, oh. uh, yeah, I think people keep themselves on a content creation hamster wheel yes. by feeling the pressure that it needs to always be fresh. Actually, depending on what you are, like your area is, you actually probably should only have a few things that you are talking about because that is core to the services you are actually providing. So like one of my things is like content is a big thing. So I've had a YouTube channel, a blog post, I've had a podcast and I've created social media on everything and I've had it mm-hmm. email list for years. So I talk a lot about content and content planning and I'm like having pillars of like, these are the things I talk about Oh, that's what I talk about and it might be that today it's a reel and tomorrow it's a blog post and the next day it's an email and I might have got like a different quote or something else inspired it but that is a lot like I have a I have a product I have a service which is based around helping you to create your content so and I talk about content planning they're the things I talk about over and over again like actually you don't need to be keeping on like reinventing the wheel in terms of like bringing more and more because actually that's when I find that people are diluting it and it's yeah. not connecting to actually what they're selling because that's the okay. thing is your content should be really just naturally leading on to your services okay so keep it okay what about um being an expert do you need to be an expert in the field that you're in do you have to know everything about it or can you just jump in there feet first and get going so you don't need to know everything that's one thing i definitely would say i think there are like when we look at like brand archetypes there's different types of brands that the way people position themselves so there are some people that come in as like they are the expert and like you might be like a sage personality but these people like follow the wisdom they know it all and they're sharing it but then there are other types of personalities and then archetypes that very much are like i am on the journey i am learning stuff and i am sharing that with you and like that was how i started in terms of like my um personal development blog and with all the book side of it it very much was like i am going to be reading these books and I'm like I'm going to read them and then I'm going to discuss them with you and then I'm going to blog about them and I'm going to do a YouTube channel about them and it was very clear that I was not an expert this was me as part of my journey so I think it's about knowing what level of expertise you generally are at and then building your business in that right way so I see people on both sides of the coin I see people that have probably had a you know a background in it from a professional setting and then they've moved into a business they're like i am an expert these are the things i do did a look and then there's other people that are like i've had like this epiphany this is what i'm passionate about i'm going to keep learning and as long as they're two steps ahead of the people that they're selling a service to it works mm-hmm. yeah i guess being a non-expert consultant you know i guess maybe the mindset of many people is i have to be an expert or this person has to know more than me how do you price that? How do I sell my service with a, you know, with my level? Can I can I compete with the big dogs? Because again, I'm just on the journey learning. Well, the thing is, there will be you will attract a different type of person to someone who is more of an expert. That's what I normally think is a range. That's okay. why there's this thing about in terms of where someone is in the journey. So obviously, like in my space, in terms of like business and marketing, I'm like there will be someone who is going to be quite fresh they've just made they've just done a few things and they're going to teach someone that hasn't got a business yet Mm. whereas there'll be someone that's further up that's like well I've made this much this year so I'm teaching someone that's a little bit further down and I think that's the thing is 
you and I always say to people actually like I think it's a really good thing to know someone that is a little bit behind you because also then if you get clients that come to you and then they're like you're too expensive I'm like that's fine you can get someone that's less experienced than me like I know people that will help you and they are cheaper but they aren't as good as me and here's their names and here's their things like yeah like you for me I'm all for that because the fact is I believe there is a, a client for every single price point and level of expertise I can respect that. I like that too, because you have to be willing to be honest with them. I mean, because they'll figure out if you, you know, you can't meet their expectations. And I was going to ask you, yeah. you don't take everybody, right? You, you will not say, yeah. hey, this may not be for you. I'm not for everybody type thing. So yeah, I can respect yeah, that. Yeah. Especially with um, like my one-on-one mentoring is a six-month program. So I'm like, I have a call with every single person that wants to apply. And I'm like, I know that you are going to be able to talk to me every single day for six months. I need to make sure that I love your business as much as I love mine. And yeah, I think the more honest we can be about actual clients we take on. Like one of my things is about being fully booked with dream clients. Like I had agency life before. I had a few clients I didn't like. That was what. So I made a conscious decision when I made this business that I was like fully booked with dream clients. Like that's what we want. We want clients that you are excited to get up, excited to work with or like getting great results or giving you lots of joy. That's how you have a joyful business. Yeah. When we're fully booked and then we don't really like half our clients and we're like, mm. like then you might as well just have a job. Mm-hmm. Yes. What about friends and family? Are they supportive of you? And did they necessarily believe in you when you first started? Oh no, I mean, most of my friends and family don't even understand what I do half the time. Like when people are like, I literally had a friend's husband last week that was like, I'm just gonna ask you one more time. Like, <laughs> what do you do <laughs> and I was like I think, was it Chandler and friends when everyone's like no one has a clue what he actually does I was like yeah that's that's how I feel yeah. Yeah. I think I yeah I have a few I have a very few supportive friends actually from like my previous work days that are really supportive and are like always like really cheering me on but the most supportive people I've found have been online like I have been amazingly good actually just going online, connecting with people, talking with them. Like, actually the person I class is like, my business bestie was like someone I met at an event and then we like started chatting online and then we've met in person. And like, I'm that type of person rather than being like my friends and my family. I was quite like, you live in a different world and you're doing what you want. It's, it's cool. I will find my people. Yes, yes. Okay. You had mentioned earlier about the, um, the weather over in England and, and you said in the winter it rains a lot. Do you guys don't get a lot of snow over there? No, we just get grey. It's grey, like we're in July and it's grey right now. We just get about 10 months of grey and rain and it will snow once if we're lucky. We have one, like one or two days a year where it snows and then we have like a heat wave last two days. <laughs> do you, do, am I to understand you like snow? Is that a good thing? Yeah, I like snow. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I live in the middle of the United States, like right where it snows a lot. If I never see another snowflake again, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right, Cheryl, let me let me move on to this uh, 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 second final spot of the show before we go ahead and go. Just called Get to Know You. I just asked you a few random questions, see how where your head's at on this. Okay, first one. What do you think of some of the difference between our, our two countries, if anything? Uh- Americans are more confident. They promote themselves better. You think they so? invest. Yeah. Wow. Okay. How, how how do you guys see us as far as like the uh, political scene? Are, are we crazy? I mean, 
been crazy, you guys. Because uh, I always wonder what it looked like looking in. I mean, I would, I would probably say like I'm the least informed person on politics in the world, but I do think you're crazy. But I also think most of the world is probably a bit crazy right now. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I, I don't get involved in politics at all. I, I think it's, it's, it's beyond me. But I just, I only see it over here from what we see because I'm like, man, I know people in other countries. I think these people over here. What? Um, let me see. How do you guys greet each other over there? Is it the same, like, how are you doing, or you okay, or what's happening? And I don't know, because I'm Oh. Well, so this is, well, this is a, I can give you some real colloquialism. So Maybe. where I'm in Nottingham, it's got its own little thing where we say, A up or A up me duck. That's how we say hello. Say it again. A up is like what, like a younger person would say, and an Ayo. older person in Nottingham would say, A up me duck. Wow. So I'm going to use that when I come over here. Make sure I got it. I hope it's still in play. <laughs> okay. But that's like a real, like, that's a real, like, not an thing. Literally, I, I was on a walk just before this thing, and this guy probably said me duck to me about six times in about two sentences. Oh. So it is a real thing. Yeah. But, um, no, I think we just normally say, like, I think I said, like, hi, how are you? Like, yeah, there's not, I can't think of a typical uh, British way of saying it, if that makes sense. Okay. Now, yeah. do I have an accent to you? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you tell yours? Because I mean, yours is like, it's like we're here in the movies. So, I, so I always know. So I had a YouTube channel for years. And every now and again, I'll get some comment that's like, I love your accent. And I'll be like, are you American? <laughs> like literally every single time I get that comment. I'm like, are you American? I'm like, yeah, I have an accent, even like for British people. Like so, I lived in London for ten years, and even there, like everyone can, because the actual UK has different accents across it. So people, mm-hmm. I know fully well, I've got an accent, but I think what an American hears is different to what a British person hears in terms of the accent. Probably so. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is Idris Elvis from over there? Yes, he is. Because he can change it, he can turn it off. <laughs> like, how does he do that? I'm amazed. He's an actor. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's just that's control. Because man, I heard him talking when I was like, "Hey, what? When did you get that accent? What's going on with that?" But now I see he can do it. You, you had also mentioned holidays. I don't think we have the same holidays, do we? I mean, you guys have. Yeah, yeah we have different bank holidays. Um, I think the one does align though. I think our uh, when's your Memorial Weekend? It's in May, isn't it? Is it the beginning or the end? I believe it is. I don't, yeah, I don't so even, the, yeah. Yeah, that one lines up because I, a few years ago I went to Miami when it was our bank holiday and it was Memorial Weekend over there. But yeah, other than that, it's all totally different holidays, which is always quite an interesting one when you've got a mixed audience online. I always say to people because some of my content, I will like mention things, but I'm like, I know this is going to apply to the British people and not the Americans. And it's like, they're on a holiday when you're not on holiday. And like, even like we're booking in work and stuff, it's like that and time zones time zones are like oh my gosh oh yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah because it's like it's almost 11 here now and it's probably almost four where you're at yeah Yeah, i have clients in the la so then that's even like more they're more hours behind me and then there's like sunset time or like summertime and it all changes and we don't change on the same week and i'm like oh my gosh i can't deal with this yeah yeah so so you get uh to the states often 
No, no, no. I don't. I do all it online. So my clients. So I've got a few clients in the US, but we just zoom, zoom, zoom. Okay. You had mentioned you went to uh, Miami before. I just thought maybe you had just visited other places. So just Miami is the only place you pretty, pretty came no, in. That was my one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh man, you, you'll like it because when we talk about accents in America, if you're in Texas, they have a slower accent. New York is more, you know, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing up here. Let me uh, give you two more of these questions. If you could live anywhere in the world what, besides where you live now, where would you go to? It's a difficult one because I'm torn between like, would I go to LA, just live sunshine every single day? Like, yes. Expensive. I know, it. but it but it's sunny and like that's the for me like a sun a sunny dream just seems like amazing. But for years I wanted to go to New York just in terms of like I haven't lived in London. That's like the next best place to go is New York. Everyone's like go to New York, you live the best life. But um, I actually don't think it would live up to the hype in reality. If that makes oh, sense. Yeah, I've been in New York a couple times. Uh, for me, it's. <clears throat> It's East Coast versus West Coast. At LA, it's more, hey, laid back, let's do it, whatever, everything goes. In New York, it's like, why are you looking at me? You want to fight? You want a problem? You know, it's, <laughs> be ready there. So it's like, it's a, two extremes, you know. And do your police officers over there carry guns? No. That is a, then how, what, wow. So crime must be probably lower than there than here, I'm thinking. I have no idea about the crime. Uh, <laughs> Stops. No at all. Does he just walk around in a blue outfit and that's it? Wow, okay. All right, man. If that's working over there. All right, and the last question on this is, what do you? What would you like to see your business go in the next five years? What would you like to do? Uh, so my aim is to like keep growing my presence on an international level and get into doing like live events. I think there's something really, yeah. I'm a massive extrovert. I think there's something really special about meeting people in person. And I think that would be like to do like speaking gigs and like conferences that are like lots of impacting lots of entrepreneurs all at the same time. Like that's a dream. You said you're an introvert? No, I said I'm extrovert. Oh, that's what I say. <laughs> Don't see that happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about this too. What do you wish you would have known in the beginning that you now know when you first started doing this? Was there something that like could have saved you a whole lot of time? You seem you seem so knowledgeable and together. I don't know if you could have. Yeah, I'm trying to think what would have made it. I'm actually probably focusing on less. So the one thing I would say was because I come from a like bigger businesses part of a team marketing team I definitely had some expectations of what I thought and I was aiming at big names so like I was looking at what people like I remember like Amy Porterfield was one of the big podcasts I listened to when I first started Mm -hmm. and because she blogged every week and she like sent out like this and that I was like well that's what you're meant to do I think I set the bar really high and I was like trying to be on every social media platform and I had multiple services and actually the more I've simplified I've like taken stuff away the more I've concentrated on fewer areas I've done better so I think if I was to go back in time and just be like let's just like do one social media platform have your email list and then just have the blog and just like channel everything into it and it could mean it's all your eggs in one baskets and it totally flops but if you get traction you'd definitely like rock it quicker <laughs> definitely what, what, what were your parents like are you more like your mother or more like your father <laughs> uh well it, i think i'm uh, an 
a mix uh-huh. in terms of like my mum was like quite like smart and intelligent and we all say like I get my brains from her but def and like probably like my risk averseness I get from my mum but like there's definitely parts of my dad I'm a very uh what do you call it a proper mixture of them both let's okay. say that okay well wonderful well you know what I really appreciate you taking this time out to share this information with me I definitely learned so much from you but can you share again with the listeners where your social media footprints can be found again yeah, that's fine. So my name is Sherelle Griffith. I'm assuming you're going to put that in the show notes so that everyone can actually spell it. Yes, yep. Um, and so my website is SherelleGriffith.com. As I mentioned, I've got an award-winning blog. So if you want to actually learn how to improve your marketing, grow your business, go check that out. And then my name on social, whether that's Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn, is just Sherelle Griffith. Just, I'm very lucky it's not a name that someone else had taken so I get to have it in perfect form. Yes. And is there anything else you want to leave the audience with to remind them again about what you do? Um, so basically, I really specialize in if you are running a business by yourself mm-hmm. and you are providing a service and you want to get fully booked with dream clients and then maybe even scale your business. That's what I help people do. Uh, my main two things are I do a strategy day with people. So literally in one day, you can get your marketing plan all done, created for me. Or you can work with me for six whole months and get this voice in your...